0: From across the comic book community multiverse, the Comic-Con Podcast begins now with your hosts, Justin, a.k.a. Nemesis Prime. If you give them the title of influencer, then that's that's giving them more power, right? That's how it is. Like, I'm a nobody. Listen, I'm a nobody. Zach, a.k.a. The Manimal.
1: We talked about it for a full, I believe, seven to eight minutes on an hour-long normal podcast for show. And you would have thought... We set their house on fire with the backlash. So
0: yo, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Come Come podcast, season three, episode 24. Recording this on June 14th, the day before the flash, Ezra Milla styles. So um yeah, it's <laughs> there's no spoilers here this week we will be doing a bonus content i'm sure because of course my man milton Mantle is here and he will be seeing it just like i will be on thursday and you will
1: be all hearing it following week time so what's going on buddy how are you good man yeah i'm excited for um the flash i feel like i don't know i feel like you know like you said obviously no spoilers we haven't seen anything but as you're getting closer i feel like everything isn't roses when when they're talking about flash anymore i feel like leading up to this has been hyped as like the best comic book movie but i i've been reading some things that I don't know, man. And Ezra Miller on the red carpet gave me some feels, dude. It <laughs> gave me some feels like, yeah, fuck that I, I got to
0: say, we are like 12 hours. No, I should say 20, 24 hours away. And I still haven't been spoiled. And I got to say, that's pretty good. I mean, yeah, even like Transformers was that. the same way. Like, I wasn't spoiled with that. For the most part, I wasn't spoiled with uh, Spider-Man until we
1: recorded that night. <laughs> like, yeah, people have been stupid. pretty, are keeping it under wraps, which I which I appreciate yeah yeah
0: definitely and um of course just so you know i'm a level, level 19 rogue now oh there we go dude so okay i gotta, gotta start playing yeah, again yeah dude you need to get
1: on diablo like it's i know i just haven't had any time yet but yeah, i'll be back i'll be back in the work why why up, Why don't you have any time Zach? are you uh, <sighs> so there's this thing about having a baby that some people ever tell you oh. told you and it's true like they're all like oh yeah you don't get any sleep just be ready to not sleep and it's really obnoxious thing to say, first off, for everyone who said that to me, like that sucks. Because like obviously I could get it, dude. But I will say this what you don't understand is you still sleep, you just don't get more than like three hours at a time. So it's like three hour naps multiple times during the day.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: um, my body's adjusted. I'm I'm not I, I'm I'm I don't do not can not even remember what it feels like to sleep a full seven or eight hours straight, but uh so yeah, a little busy there. And I'm back at work this week. So there's been a lot going on. Awesome. So get that DL yeah, DL yeah. It right was out.
0: actually weird. Like I didn't speak to you at all. And typically, you know, we, we chat during the week before yeah. we record and like, yeah, I I haven't really heard from you too much other than like quick texts here and there. And they've been like sporadic. So yeah, trying but, to figure uh, it yeah. out. But we'll get there. Yeah, no, 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 it's fine, man. It's fine. As long as you're here every week and we can mm-hmm. do an hour of show, whether it's uh, just you and me or, or a guest. Yeah. Something and, special um, this week, right? Yeah. We actually have, cause this is perfect. So we, of course, last week we had the big issue with the, the too. Canadians and their yeah. forest their fires that they're up to So up we actually had to call up one of the uh, meteorologists up in Canada mm-hmm. and and bring them on the show to tell us exactly who is the one who started all these forest fires and what's going on specifically so that person who has yet to ever be on the podcast and I've heard many great things about him obviously we if you don't know you can find him on multiple channels and we're kind of going to get into you know his background, his collecting, and everything. But he's part of the newbie verse, and the newbie verse man himself, Mister Newbie Comics, is unfortunately unhappy that he's uh, mm-hmm. hasn't been asked in a while. But unfortunately, newbie, you know we can't always have you here on the Comic Con podcast. You have your own channel, so stick away. But we have our man, uh, Rock Steady Collectibles. How's it going today, Greg? How are you?
2: It's going well. You know, first we pollute your air, now we're polluting your podcast.
1: <laughs> You're here to answer for your crimes, sir. Exactly. Yeah, it's
2: actually really bad here. So uh, Alberta is one of the worst. So if you don't know where I am, I'm yeah pretty far north, and and yeah. we're in the prairies, and and it's all these grass fires that are really taking over. So
1: hey, uh, so we had a clear what, day today, but
2: only because of the rain.
1: What are they saying? Is the like, I kind of missed. Like I I I've kept up on some of it, but I, I feel like I've missed what the cause was. Like all this, what are they saying? Like happened here.
2: So we barely had any snow um, mm. throughout the entire winter. So the melt, everything dried up really quick. Then we had like unseasonably warm temperatures. And then it could be anything from a like a, a lightning storm yeah. can light them because everything is so dry and not saturated. Mm-hmm. Or uh, it could be a spark from farming equipment. Damn it. Don't lie. It it's Newbie Comics. He's out. just
0: taking all his uh, books and throwing them in the forest and lighting them on fire because he couldn't no sell con- them choice. on whatnot. It's fine. Just... Tell it how All it the is, pre- there, Greg. Tell, tell it how it is.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> but, but yeah, uh, thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, yeah. man. Finally, uh, you know, obviously, you're the third person, third member of the newbie verse. You also have your YouTube channel. You can find uh, Mr. Rocksteady on Rocksteady Collectibles on YouTube when he does make a video, and I always call him out for that. Um, Instagram as well, but you know, of course, we always like getting people from the community and. You know you're in a different area you were just at a show this weekend so we want to hear about that as well because i was actually supposed to go to that show and someone told me not to because of reasons that you know i guess maybe we'll find out but um (laughs) let's kind of get into collecting so greg you know how how long have you been collecting comic books you know what's your love what's your first title like what's your main title so i started out
2: actually as a toy guy for the longest time um And I was heavy into vintage toys for a very long time, but just because of like space and and stuff like that. um, And through the comic boom, I got way back into comics. I've always been a little bit in and out of it. Um, Growing up, I guess what really got me into comics was kind of that maximum carnage run. That's the first one I remember trying to get consecutive issues instead of just when I can off the spinner rack. But I was that kid grabbing Ren and Stimpy and, and Toxic Avengers and oh, yeah. all those out there titles, right? Um, yeah, so I've got heavy into collecting again, I guess, in like 2018. Um, I'm mostly a cover guy. Like, I'm an art guy. Um, that's what I seem to gravitate towards. I'll, I'll choose cover over story almost any day of the week.
0: Mm, same here. That's I'm the variant guy. I, I love the art that's the best thing for me but of course sometimes if it's terrible art i don't really read the storyline even if it could be a good storyline just because i can't focus and i and that's what the main thing for me so when you kind of started back in like 2018 you know did you know anybody in like the comic book community like are you were you friends with anybody or, or did you kind of meet all these people throughout just like instagram and maybe going to shows like what's kind of that
2: so being in the toy community, there's a lot of crossover, right? Like it's mm-hmm. kind of like a multiverse with that. So a lot of the people I dealt with were uh, comic book slingers and toy slingers. They, they kind of go hand in hand, right? So I knew a few people through that and then um, actually had some pretty major surgery around that time. So I, I spent a lot of time on the couch, a lot of time on YouTube, you know, um, when you can't kind of get out to the shops and stuff like that, you start to get some FOMO and you start reaching <laughs> out to people for advice and what were your yeah, ebay kind of buys like at that time after that.
1: what were your ebay buys like at that time with the fomo just heavy on ebay purchasing
2: yeah like between <laughs> that and the
1: medication after the
2: surgery <laughs> it, it was like i would pre-order some toys and then like a year and a half later because the pandemic hit and stuff like yeah. that you'd be like oh i don't even remember ordering this and you look back a year and a half and there's a receipt there
0: <laughs> yeah i do that too with some comics it's just I'm still waiting on certain books to come back, like signed and graded from certain retailers because I ordered them so long ago and yeah. just, like, pushed and pushed. So um speaking of toys, like what was like, what was the vintage toys that you collected? Transformers, He-Man, G.I. Joe? Because I'm, I'm a still I'm still a toy guy, too. Like I still do. Like sometimes I'll pick up a transformer here and there, but I'd rather buy that old stuff. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, so I was born in 84, so I guess when I could really start to remember um, what going to Toys R Us and that smell and I remember buying stuff, it was around the Ninja Turtle era. So yeah. I was into Ninja Turtles, uh, Battle Beasts, so I, Transformers uh, were a little old for me, so that's why I kind of clung in in that kind of world um i never got too into the joes but it was this strange stuff so like silver hawks i was really into rocks um toxic crusaders bucky o'hare earthworm jim you mm-hmm. know so so once i started buying toys and like for collecting and displaying that's kind of where i sunk in so at one point i had a giant ninja like carded ninja turtle collection but now i, I focus mostly on like the oddball stuff so i'm into the prototypes I'm into the original art, the design stuff. Um, Yeah, I got a bunch of that kind of kind of things hanging out in my uh, little office here.
1: That's cool, man. I was a big I I was big Ninja Turtles guy as well. Never like collected, obviously, for like the collection purposes. But like when I was a kid, those are the toys I played with the most. And I don't know, man. The toy game that's a different that's a different game. Like I can't have multiple hobbies. Like comic books already cost (laughs) too much. And there have been times, don't get me wrong, where like I fall down the toy. I'm like, oh man what if I went and got like some old school Ninja Turtles and I just, I have to like wrench myself back and not do it. I think Legos are kind of the thing I've always gravitated to try to go back to as an adult and luckily have not fallen down that rabbit hole either. Cause some of that stuff gets super expensive. But, um, I mean, the toys are the coolest man. I just, I don't know. I don't think I'd have the, I just don't think I could keep them like wrapped up. You know what I mean? Like I'm wanting to take them out and move the arms and the legs and stuff like that. So. And that's the
2: issue with toy guys. Then you got to have two of everything, right? Yeah, right. You got one to open and one to keep sealed. Um, yeah, and, and, and I'm a completionist, so I had to get out of that because even like the little accessories for the toys cost more than the toys. Cause that's what everybody lost. Right. Mm-hmm. So, and I got to get everything complete then every series. And then you start talking about boxes of some of these toys and just the space it consumes where yeah. I can fit 150 comic books in a, in a smaller box where I can fit maybe like four toys. Right.
0: Right. Yeah. It's pretty bad. So, you know, now that you're back into the, the, the comic collecting game, you know, what are your, what what are you currently collecting? Are you, obviously you said you're an art guy, but like, What are your main titles? Like, what's your go-to comic?
2: I'd say my go-to's are Moon Girl, uh, Miles Morales. Um, I I still like the turtle stuff. Um, But, like, I I really like the video game and the cartoon variants. Like, the shows that are kind of toy lines as well, right? So, um, yeah, that's kind of where I I tend to go. And then uh, Big Scotty Young Guy. Like, I think I'm at over... 200 baby variants at this point. So Uh um, it's more so remembering what you have when you go hunting for But I I really enjoy that because his books really aren't that expensive and and they were ordered pretty well. So it's more of like the hunt. And I think coming from that toy world, it's the hunt that I enjoy. So yeah, the hard ratios to find. I like going through the back bins and seeing what's
0: there. Hmm. I can remember being a, a toy guy back before I... Before... I would say before new 52 kind of started uh in comics. So that was like 2011 and I was a toy guy and I was always hunting transformers. And I, I would literally go here in Jersey. There's like a main highway and I'm sure they're like main highways in, in every state or whatever, but I literally would go like Toys R Us, Target, Walmart, Target, Walmart, like hitting up this entire <laughs> length, like just down the highway for, you know, whatever it was at the time. Like when it was like the movies, like you always wanted to be the first one to go get the movies. If you try to, get them before they broke street date and then like whatever else was out because you know everybody else would hit up every store and it's funny that one of the shops I ended up meeting some guy and we ended up becoming friends and you know we're still friends to this day and it was just funny because we both saw each other at the Toys R Us and then the next literally we I was like talking to him and I was like oh you're looking for Transformers and he's like yeah he's like it's like Oh, yeah they don't have any I was like Hey, I was like, let's go to Target. And we ended up like driving to the next Target 10 minutes away. They had them. We were grabbing them. This was during like, I think, Revenge of the Fallen, I think, came out. Uh, but yeah, the toy stuff is wild, man. Like, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's pretty cool. It's great that you can, you know, meet people. But back to the comics, obviously, you know, we've been doing, we're, we're a comic book podcast. So, you know, you, people can't see behind Greg. But, you know, what's kind of your big stuff, like, as far as comic collecting?
2: Um, uh, like the bigger books that I have in my collection.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. I could see like the, the graded stuff behind you. You know, you have it set up. Like what's something huge, like something that you cherish?
2: Um, I really like my like manga kind of stuff. So I have like a Pokemon uh, number one first print graded. I got a, like a Sailor Moon, the Dragon Ball stuff. So that's stands out to me. I got the M&M um, Avengers 3, Mighty Avengers 3 variant. Um, that's probably one of my favorite books. Um, yeah, and then, like, my, my Battle Beasts books. And, yeah, Ultimate Comics, Spider-Man, 9-8s. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't have any crazy high-end stuff, but I like that they have a lot of good stuff.
1: I mean, yeah, you know what's valuable to uh, obviously you have your high end stuff that's always valuable, but like the collecting game, that's what's so special about it is, like you said, what's, what's great to you, you know, and what's special to you. And that's, what's always really interesting to meet new collectors and meet other people and see what they like to do, what their collection is focused on. Like, I think it's really cool that you do the, like the Scotty young thing, you know, like, I I don't really follow any kind of artists like that. And, uh, and like my collection isn't geared towards, you know, an artist and like a specific type of cover. So it's really cool to see. I was like seeing other people's collecting goals and like, you know, paths. I think it's all, it's awesome. There's no right way to do right? it. So
2: when you find something weird, you know, there's always going to be somebody else who wants it, right? <laughs> Whether it's like old Valiant stuff or image or, or the most random stuff there's, there's a niche market for it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think you and I, cause we both, we're we're kind of similar obviously with the video game manga stuff collecting when you go to shows when you go to shops stuff that's like never there it's like when someone asks you oh you know what are you looking for it's like probably stuff you don't have in your back issues right because it's not something that they typically would have they typically have like the main you know marvel dc and then they'll have indie stuff but they'll have like the big titles that typically sell but like you and i the way we collect we collect titles that like are from our childhood you know the battle beasts like if i ever find that in a back issue i love i would yeah. pick that up like i mean and the same thing like sailor moon one's a book that i want and i don't have so i'm and it's good having different people here on the podcast that collect different stuff because obviously yeah there's always like ah oh, you know i collect spider-man i collect batman but like you're definitely you know for that way far out collector and you know like zach said you cherish different things than other people do so mm-hmm.
2: Are you like me when you go to a shop and you just ask where their kids section is instead?
0: (laughs) I try to ask if they have like a video game section or like an anime section. They're like, well, we have manga over here. And I'm like, no, 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 not like the new stuff. I'm talking like older stuff. And then when you ask the video game question, they're like, no, we don't have any of that Valiant stuff. And I'm like, no, 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 it doesn't matter. Like it could be Sonic. It could be Mega Man. It could be just something that came out. So that's why like, I have to get sometimes out of this New Jersey area and like really deep dive into, you know, long boxes and stuff like that at, at shops. But uh, yeah, there are times too. Where that's obviously, yeah, you got to go into the kids section to find sometimes the books.
2: You're just scavenging through the Huey, Dewey and Louie to get what you want.
0: <laughs> it's funny. Sometimes you, what you find it's like, they'll have like cartoon books. It'll be like the tab will be cartoons or like Dell or, you know, whatever Charlton and, that's where you find the most random books that you're kind of looking for. So,
2: yeah, for sure.
0: But that's awesome. So, uh, you were just at a show this past weekend, as I, you know, as I stated earlier, you you set up there, right? It was the yeah. Toronto show. So this Toronto. is the
2: Edmonton Collector Con, and okay. it's uh, it's put on uh, by a guy who's pretty well known in the community, um, and I think this is how this all came about because I was actually approached at the show. And they said, Hey, uh, when are you going to go on the Comic-Con podcast? Hmm. I was like, people listen to that?
1: <laughs> <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> hey, Unfortunately, people yeah. do it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> So uh, I mentioned to Justin, he's like, what are you doing on Wednesday? And I'm like, all right, it's time.
0: Well, uh, yeah, we I mean, we're right after the fire. So we got you.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it was interesting what was selling at the show. Um, I expected a lot of Miles and Spider-Verse Madness, maybe some um, flash anticipation, some secret invasion, but mm-hmm. it was the blue chips um, that oh, were wow. moving.
1: And yeah, and it wasn't
2: like um, the, the crazy ratio variants. There was actually one of those J. Scott Campbell, Le Chat Noir um, covers there, and I made a pretty big offer on it and, and was rejected. But what was moving was the CGC Silver, Um the, the bronze and really high grade, um, and and there wasn't a lot of people digging. I think the days of going through the five dollar bin and trying to find a bunch of twenty dollar comics has kind of passed, right? I think people are saying if I'm going to spend money now, it's the time to buy low and 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 invest in something that's that's real good that I've always wanted.
0: Hmm. What was uh, what was kind of like the big books that you know, that you saw that people were moving, obviously you said the silver and bronze, you know, does everybody have like, and obviously it's, I guess it's different collecting, you know, from Canada to to New Jersey to Texas, you know, like does everybody have everything kind of like, like, was there a golden age collector? Was there like crazy silver, high end silver age? Cause I mean, here in like the States you have the big name players, like Metropolis comics will set up like Dave and Adam's world. Like you'll have those people and they always have like stuff that's just like too high end. Like that. Most people that like, None of us could just kind of walk up and afford, but right. like, what's it like up in Edmonton? Like, was there those high-end dealers? Like, did they show up?
2: Yeah. So there was like probably one of the most impressive golden age cartoon um, collections, like first Flintstones, first Scooby-Doo. This guy just kind of bought this collection. This was its debut at the show. Mm -hmm. I think I'm very lucky where I am. So uh, like I was saying, I'm probably, I think Edmonton is the northernmost city with over a million people, like in the entire world. Like, we're, we're on par pretty close with Siberia. So if people don't realize that, how cold it gets here. like And, like, it's, like, minus 35 some days in the winter, and that's Holy. just as the same in Fahrenheit, right? So we're kind of in the middle of nowhere up here. So a lot of people at the comic shows, yeah, there are the modern guys, but there's a lot of pickers who kind of roam the prairies, and everything is so spread out. It's not like being in New York or... Um, New Jersey or like LA where there's so many people always looking like you never know what you're going to find at a garage sale on your drive to the mountains or or something Hmm. like that. So you see a lot of random stuff show up. So what was Mm -hmm. moving at the show was a lot from that golden collection. It it was really impressive, but there was like early Spider-Man, early X-Men like under 50, that kind of stuff, even the filler issues where there's not a major key, where the kind of stuff that was going. Um, yeah, so it it was pretty fresh. A lot of it was new to the show. The show only happens three times a year, but um, this seems to be the one um, where everybody has made all those spring finds, uh, Hmm. from the warehouses and whatnot. So, uh, yeah, it, it was
1: cool to see. What was your big, uh, big takeaway? Well, you said you put in an offer for something, but did you, did you walk away with anything? What was your big pickup?
2: So my actual big pickup, believe it or not, was uh, some t-shirts. So, okay. you know, vendors rights, you get there early and you get to walk the floor uh, before everybody else gets in. And that's one of the perks of being a vendor. And this guy just sure. had this, these t-shirts laying over a chair kind of thing. And I said, Hey, what are those? And he showed them to me. I said, what do you want? He said 10 bucks each. And it was a uh, McFarlane t shirts from the 90s. So there was a oh, right. yeah, Prince Bond shirt. There was a Wolverine Spider Man McFarlane shirt. That's there good. was a bunch of Looney Tunes stuff mixed in there. And, and if people don't know, that, those shirts go for crazy money like what you would never expect. Wow.
0: There's a price for everything. Yeah, there's uh, a buyer for everything,
1: right? Yeah, there's yeah. Yeah,
0: exactly. Uh, Zach, you know, I, I sent you that picture of the uh, the Transformers underwear that I still have from like <laughs> ten years ago. They're like yeah, a I limited would... edition Megatron underwear that I never wore that I just had, and
1: I really wish you wouldn't have sent me that picture while you were wearing them though. That was disturbing. with the tag yeah. still on yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's like nothing Megatron else wearing, just fun. you and Megatron.
0: Yeah. They're going for like $100, hey, right? a hundred dollars. See yeah. hey, roll out, buddy. Let's that's see. That's how it. I. That's how I listed my copy on eBay. Like, just like posing. <laughs> Maximar.
1: Like you just, you <laughs> just did the the Boba Fett pose on the throne with that in your undies, like <laughs> your leg, over, leg over the chair, Labyrinth yeah. style. Oh my god, so bad. Well,
0: um, Greg, you know, thanks for giving us your lowdown on yeah. the show and your your collecting habits. But let's kind of get into some of our articles tonight, so we can uh, get a little you know, Mexican standoff on some of these topics. So our first one, uh, let's kind of get right into some DC action. So, uh, of course, we all know that one of the most upcoming DC films and what we think is the last DC film in the, I guess, Snyderverse, you want to call it, is uh, Blue Beetle. So this is coming actually over from CBR.com. James Gunn confirms that Blue Beetle as the first DCU superhero. So, of course, the Jaime Reyes version of Blue Beetle. Uh, James Gunn sat down and this is actually a really good podcast if anyone's ever checked it out not this podcast this is a great podcast (laughs) but if you ever go on YouTube check out Inside of You it's Michael Rosenbaum of course the Lex Luthor of the Smallville series he has does it like once a week sits down talks with everybody under the sun great podcast but he was he sat down um, he had James Gunn on and they were talking everything from Guardians of the Galaxy to DC to Disney and, and everything else but he said that uh, Blue Beetle, and I quote, I mean, it, this is the first DCU character for sure is Blue Beetle. And the first full DCU movie is Superman Legacy. So we have confirmation that this Blue Beetle is now part of this new universe, which is a possibility that we're going to get him. And depending on how the movie does, you know, either a sequel or maybe we could see him in a show or something long term. Yeah. What's everybody's thoughts?
1: Uh, Zach, what do you got? Um, yeah, I mean, I think we kind of knew this, right? Like, I mean, it's kind of been hinted. Guns kind of said that he really liked uh, Blue Beetle. It makes sense because it was such a new character, it is, as far as we knew, it was kind of like untouched by the Snyderverse going forward. So, it, it but the question was always like, well, how's it going to fit in? Should they be waiting till after Gun to drop it, you know? Um, but the thing that I actually kind of found interesting about this article the most, uh, was like just one sentence. And I i don't know if this is a spoiler, so I don't, I don't, I don't want to like. I don't want to spoil anything for anyone, but so if if you want to pause it for a second and just kind of wait, but there is a little bit of thing where it says uh, Shazam and the flash are set in the DC extended universe, but blue beetle and Aquaman will take place in the DCU thanks to the time travel shenanigans that occur in the flash. So I thought that was very interesting. So that even the Aquaman sequel and blue beetle are somehow tied with everything that's going to be happening in the flash. So it also kind of makes it sound like, well, Will we be seeing Aquaman, uh, the current Aquaman with Momoa, kind of move into James Gunn's reality as well? It's kind of what I'm reading from that one line, that one brief bit that mm-hmm. makes me kind of interested in what's happening there. So that these two might be pullovers into the Gun universe, the DCU. So, But I guess yeah. we won't know until we know, right? So Yeah,
0: we won't see it until, I guess, maybe depending on how the movie does. But um, I was saying that he, he would love to do a trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um, Greg, what are your thoughts?
2: So I'm not the biggest DC fan. Um, I just feel like we've, we can only see Superman, Batman, the same character so many times. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now with Blue Beetle, it, it kind of got me excited. Um, when I found out about it, when we started seeing some of those leaked photos and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So now it, I'm really thinking about making this the jumping on point for me. And I think that's what might be nice for a lot of us who have kind of been on the fence just because it's so overwhelming. There's so much out there. You can only read so much, but with all the hype behind it and and given that opportunity to kind of start fresh, um, I I think it's cool. Um, Aquaman, I I think Aquaman had pretty good reviews and I don't think anybody's going to be disappointed by, by that moving forward. So I, I think that's cool too, but, uh yeah uh, i think the fresh start and moving forward this dcu thing has my attention as an outsider for sure
0: yeah it's it's the perfect you know it's the perfect character because again it's someone that some people already know from kind of just the comics from like the young justice series it's a more newer character or more i don't want to say like hip character but and it has ties
1: to like a legacy character which is exactly
0: the, the, that that too and again like like Greg said it's not the big it's not the trinity right right it's not one of those three so at least someone can be like oh yeah I can get behind this I could just go see it enjoy it and you know obviously there's some things that changed in the movie but you know we'll, we'll have to once we all go see it when it comes out and do a review debate we'll debate about it then but yeah, uh,
1: I still it still bugs me that they took away the El Paso connection that really, oh I know I know that really pisses me off man. <laughs> but what can you do
0: yeah so that drops uh august 18th in theaters uh blue beetle and then we'll, we'll see how uh, aquaman does obviously tomorrow we have the flash but then we have aquaman at the end of the year as well so um let's kind of quickly stick with some dc news uh this is kind of the first new cartoon coming out of dc comics so this is actually a really good show that i'm pretty excited for i know there's some backlash on this so i'm really excited to- Hear from Zach, but uh, my adventures with Superman, uh, coming out this year, it's going to start airing in July, July 6th. It comes out on Adult Swim. And then the next day it will be streaming on what used to be HBO Max, which is now Max. So uh, the, my adventures of Superman is serializing a coming of age story, catching up with a 20 something Clark Kent, who's voiced by Jack Quaid, of course, from the boys, the bright and driven Lois Lane voiced by Alice Lee and their best friend, best friend, Jimmy Olsen, as they begin to discover who they and everything they are can accomplish together as investigating reporting team at the daily planet. So of course, this is something that's not new into the world of, smallville and and lois and clark and superman animated but you know for a younger generation a different generation different especially like graphics it's something that's going to be interesting you're going to get the origins more of of clark and how he you know kind of started up as a reporter so um the latest trailer just dropped last week You know, let's kind of talk about it. I know, Greg, you're really not too much of a DC guy, but you know, if you checked out the trailer, you know, what are your thoughts? Do you kind of see this possibly being something that you could watch over the summer?
2: Yeah, I like the idea that it's coming out on Adult Swim. I think that kind of hopefully takes the cheese out of Superman. Mm -hmm. Uh, which I like always be the good guy, always do the right thing. Um, so I hope it, it takes that direction and you know, I fell off on cartoons for a long time. Like I felt the last really great, um, like superhero cartoon was uh, Batman animated. Like I was huge into that. And then it was a really dark time, like for, for superhero cartoons anyways. In, in my opinion, like there were a lot of great cartoons, just not superhero. And then invincible got me right back into it and, and really opened my mind again to, to these types of cartoons and, maybe not the animation or the looks of it, but the feel of it. I get a little bit of Invincible. Um, Mm -hmm. Like the more adult uh, geared towards us, not trying to gearing towards everyone. Because I feel if you gear towards everyone, you're not going to get anyone. Like diehard. If that makes sense. So just watching that clip and everything, I I could watch it. I I don't think I'm going to have to rush out and watch it. But I think maybe if I'm puttering around in the living room or something, it's going to be, Something I put on it and see if it sticks.
0: Mm. Yeah, it's interesting because Toonami has been something that's been around since, geez, when I was in like college in like the yeah. early 2000s. And I remember like waiting up to watch some of the the anime that would be on there, whether it was like the Gundam series or, or God, I, mean, I can't even remember some of the like Escaflowne was in there, and there's just tons of stuff. So the fact that it's on Toonami and it's even appearing at like midnight, so clearly they're trying to go for that younger group of kids and teenagers that stay up that late and watch cartoons obviously for us you know some of us are pretty much in bed by midnight but that's why then you get to you know get to uh to see it the next day so um i'm kind of excited for this and i know that there's some backlash on this and there's some other reasons so let's give it to the the backlash king <laughs> yeah,
1: dude I, I, yeah this just brings up a uh like a problem that's been occurring and it's and i posted about it jokingly and I, you know look i'm gonna preface this by saying i'm kind of joking about this anyway but at the same time once you start to kind of see it it's kind of like you can't unsee it and, and maybe it is start to be a problem so um there is this issue and it's really prevalent in dc for sure any live action versions of gingers or redheads are replaced by people of color, which look, I know that's like a big deal. Like, hey, you know, representation and stuff. But you are very strongly like cutting out redheads in in the DC universe. I mean, the Arrowverse almost has not one redheaded character, and you can talk about like six or seven. You got the Wally West character, Iris West, um, Batgirl, uh, Batwoman, the Bar- Bar- Barbara Gordon in the movie that was going to come out, obviously didn't. Starfire with the Titans. Um, I'm looking at like kind of a list right here, man. I just, you know, uh, uh, what's her name? Miss Martian as well. Was a personal Ol- color. Jimmy, Ol- Ol- <laughs> Jimmy, Jimmy Olsen and, um, yeah, Jimmy Olsen. Oh, and then Marvel as well has kind of done it. Obviously one of the biggest ones was Zendaya as Mary Jane. You saw Heimdall with Idris Elba as well. Um, I mean, but it goes, it goes further than that too. We're seeing as well with like April O'Neil and the new N- Ninja Turtles, um, the aerial obviously massive controversy there as well. But it's very much kind of becoming this thing where it's like, okay, well, how do we gotta recast and we want to be inclusive and we want to do this thing? Well, the easiest solution is let's get rid of our redheads and let's bring in a person of color in this. And like I said, it's kind of a joke until you start to see this, and then you're like, Holy shit, like this is actually true. Like, name one ginger famous ginger comic book character so far that might still be in existence. That's still a ginger at this point for like live action. Um, So as a ginger, I find it to be very exclusive and I find it to be, you know, offensive jokingly and kind of serious in a way. Like you start to wonder, well, damn, you've done this like this many times. Is this going to continue and continue and continue? So, I mean, I probably wasn't going to watch this show anyway, but now out of like support and solidarity with the ginger community, and uh he's bringing a ginger son into the world as well. I'm not going to watch a person of color Jimmy Olsen. I want red-headed Jimmy Olsen, a version of sunlight, sunburnt freckles, like melanoma face, like that's who I want, dude. <laughs> so, that's my rant on the adventures of my adventures with Superman. So. Uh perfect, perfect.
0: Yeah. All right. So, uh yeah, if anybody wants to check out again, check out my Adventures with Superman with the, you know, different uh Different versions of everybody. I think it'll be a hit. I think some we need cartoons again. And I think, Mm -hmm. you know, because obviously the only thing realistically we have is, you know, you still have Harley Quinn, but that's kind of more for geared towards as adults. Yeah, there's nothing geared towards, you know, kids or teenagers for the D.C. You know, Young Justice is kind of done. I would love to see a new uh, I guess would be season five if they ever came out with it because they ended season four on such a high climax for a season five there's always a chance with young justice God, man, i'm really hoping man i love young justice
1: but and this is on max though right it's coming I mean, out on it's max. gonna be on
0: adult swim tsunami which is adult swim and tsunami same thing yeah. and then it'll, the next day it'll start it'll be also streaming so like even cool. if you can't watch it on demand or let's or let's just say you don't have max you'd watch it on adult swim and if you don't want to watch it on adult swim you just watch it on
1: Good Which, how Go. confusing is that, right? Like, so it was HBO Go, and then it was HBO Max, and now it's just Max, and then you have Cinemax. So it's kind of like what, it, what are we talking about here at this point? So it's it's pretty wild.
0: So uh let's kind of get out of the DC talk, out of TVs and movies, and into some comic book news. And by now, I'm sure even if you didn't read the issue, you know what we're gonna be talking about as far as a big time spoiler. And it also kind of flow into what are we currently reading? So over at CBR.com, Robert Kirkman brings the Transformers and G.I. Joe together in what is known as the new Energon universe. So, of course, Robert Kirkman recently just put out today on the 14th, the uh, Void Rivals number one. Uh, We saw the launching of this new universe between G.I. Joe and Transformers universe. So, of course, over at Skybound and Hasbro are partnering up to create the Energon universe featuring all your favorite characters from Transformers and GI Joe. Uh we have this new title that just came out today Void Rivals. There was a big spoiler kind of and and it stuck for I would say a really long time. Yeah, that were uh, good a lot ones of people even didn't know. Raps,
1: man. Until this yeah, they, they sweet, were, really,
0: yeah, I think it was literally over the weekend. The and, weekend. Yeah. You know, obviously with uh if you still haven't seen the movie for Transformers Rise of the Beasts, it, it, there's also the same thing kind of happens. I don't want to really go deep into it, but you know Go see the movie. It was amazing. Um, I think, I think the one in 100 was the spoiler variant and it was very well mm-hmm. done. So in this first issue, it introduces two new characters, uh, Derek and Solia. They are basically forced to fight each other or, and also work together um, at the end of the issue. You will not at the end of the issue, towards the end of the issue, they see this robot or this ship. They kind of power it up and it turns into Jetfire, Who is one of the transformers and it's pretty wild because he doesn't know how long he's been there. He thinks he's been there for almost a million years. And obviously he talks about Cybertron, but you know, this is something that is completely different and people are like freaking out over. This is like the first time that it's been in, you know, that the first time that like uh transformers has kind of been with image. And this is the first time that this universe is combined, but I feel like this has all been done before. And I mean, I'm a huge transformers fan. So for myself, like it, for me, it's like great. Mm-hmm. But unless the stories are going to be done well, like, I don't know. So Greg thoughts on, you know, did you read uh, void rivals? You know, what do you think about the shared universe? What are you hoping for? So I haven't
2: picked it up yet. Um, I think what just came out today, I think mm-hmm. as we're recording or whatever. So I'll, I'll uh, probably read it in the next couple of days after I grab my copy. So the energon, I guess they're calling it universe, like really interests me as a toy guy, right? Mm-hmm. And, and it has me speculating, okay, like where is this gonna go next? Like, I don't care, like you said, like Transformers GI Joe, that's old hat kind of thing. There, there's been crossovers over the last little while with a lot of franchises, mm-hmm. like even like Back to the Future was mixed in with, with <laughs> yeah. some of those comics, right? Like, so I, I was looking at like, okay, like what other titles, Uh, or, or licenses does Hasbro have what's, what's in Skybound and the article touches like, uh, obviously people are saying like invincible, we want invincible to show up, but, but the article kind of nixes that in in the uh, right off the hop. Uh, but they did mention mask, which, uh, which I think would be fun to see, um, and visionaries. So, Mm -hmm. so that's something that hasn't shown up for a long time. And, and I would love for us toy guys that, that it would, could expand out that way. Like I mentioned battle beast before, like I would love if it started to introduce some of these later, uh, toy lines or, or franchises that we haven't seen for a while and and make the universe that way. I'm just worried. Like they're going to start this universe and then it's not going to be as big as people hope. And it's going to be a real letdown because they said, they're going to do all these GI Joe one shots. We've seen all that before transformer one shots we've seen all that before um but how they bring it together is going to be the important part and how long of a go maybe they just have one massive event or maybe this turns into a long-term thing
0: yeah uh there's going to be uh like you said there's uh, a transformers number one that comes out in this november december then there's duke number one and then cobra commander number one just to start off this all new universe and it, uh, he Robert Kirkman goes into talking about how it's a retelling of the stories and and I agree with you because again as a Transformers fan I, I've seen Transformers everything from you know Marvel Dreamwave IDW image real quick with the uh, G.I. Joe Transformers Devils do like there's so many different publications so for me like how many times can it's the same thing like how many times can Uncle Ben die and Spider-Man mm-hmm. and Peter Parker become Spider-Man how many times can the transformers come to Earth in the same way in the same fashion? So unless this is different, obviously um, we'll have to see. We'll. Robert Kirkman has a great track record, right? So I, I think it's a possibility that we could see you know a rejuvenation in the both series. Obviously, with the latest movie, it beat out Spider Man, and Spider Man mm-hmm. was only a week old, which is wild. So um, our resident gonna, other person, Zach, I'm going to take. Think.
1: I'm going to take a positive take on this man. Mm -hmm. Like I'm, I'm pretty, I think this is pretty awesome. And I love there's, there's a lot of like things that Kirkman said in this article that I really like. the fact that he likened it to kind of the ultimate universe, right? When like when the ultimate Marvel universe came out initially, of course, like everyone, you know, we know how towards the end, it kind of petered out. Right. But like initially it was so cool. And I love how in the article he talks a lot about how um, it's very much going to be just these four titles. He really kind of says like, look, it's going to be four titles and that's going to be our universe for quite a while. The Void Rivals, the Transformers, and then the Duke and Cobra Commander title. So I think that's a really good start where it's like we're not going to have all these like million one shots and then everything's spiking up, spiraling out. It's very kind of concise. And you see that, we know, I talk about this all the time, in like the massive universe as well, where it's very much kind of a concise universe and it's not getting out of control. I think the other thing that makes me excited about this universe is he also talks about this. He's like, look, it is a reboot. It is a retelling, but you're going to see a lot of the same themes and ideas from like classic stories. Like, so for example, the Jetfire inclusion, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's kind of like what we saw jet fire in like in past iterations, but it's a little different, but it's so similar that you can be like, okay, cool. You just kind of spun it a little bit out of whack and that's cool. Um, He also talks about in this article, like, well, who knows, you know, you might find that Optimus and the Autobots are underneath a volcano, you know, and you say that (laughs) shit and that's like classic animated right there, right? Of course, yeah. G1. Um, And then the other thing I think that honestly can really give it a lot of strength is the first title they go is not Transformers and it's not uh, G.I. Joe, this void rival. So you have this, this like mystery title that kind of may, change things up a little bit and i like the story between the two like these these two race of people that we don't know much about they hate each other it looks like it's indoctrination for hating each other um and then what is their big picture with joe and transformers you know so that's like a wild card to me that kind of i feel like is going to be really fun and interesting um i think I'm excited about this. Um, I think it's going to be really cool. I know Justin and I have talked a lot about Transformers comics in the past, and the uh, the IDW stuff was good, but there never seemed to be any like good like canon. It, everything kind of was all over the place. It was lots of one-shots, lots of stuff that didn't really connect, and the timeline was all whack, wacky. Um, I mean, the one
0: good thing about Transformers at IDW was the fact that at some point, eventually they went back to Cybertron and then it was just robots. Right. That was cool. Yeah. You never needed to know what was going on on Earth. Like there wasn't like some main human character like no
1: same wiki yeah like
0: (laughs) and that was the best thing like whoever the artist could see in the background you'd see all these different transformers and and again it there there's hundreds of transformers so Mm. if you don't know who they are then it is it's tough right when you're reading a comic you're like oh who is this and then there's like a different transformer that kind of looks like him but he's a different color and then it's like right that's where it gets confusing. And if you didn't read like all the one shots and little minis, like mm-hmm. that was the one good thing though. They did keep it very, they, they did keep it Canon, but if you didn't read a lot of things, you'd be like, well, why is this yeah. character who it is? Like, and, and, and we've talked about it. Like there are certain characters that their origins or their retellings were amazing right? Mm-hmm. Like a lot of them became bounty hunters or, you know,
1: yeah, that was really cool. To
0: take. There's total different things. So, um, the, the recent God. GI
1: Joe run was no good, man. Like I, I tried, I was super excited when it came out. I was like, cool. Awesome. Cause I love GI Joe, man. Like I've always been a, a Joe guy growing up, the cartoon, the toys, everything. Um, and then when they, when they started, but I wasn't, I was like, dang, dude, I don't want to go back to the IDW. It was just too much. i had been in the middle of transformers reading all the IDW stuff. I was like, I can't switch to Joe as well. And then they did the new title. And I was excited and I picked up that first issue. And I honestly, like, I couldn't put it down fast enough. Mm-hmm. It just was not good. So um, I like it, man. I- I'm excited. I'm going to try to stay hopeful. I think you've got, um, I think one of the other things that, like, really lends me, like, um, faith in it is Kirkman seems like an like a fan. You know what I mean? He's a fanboy. He even says, like, I grew up on this shit. So he's got love for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think he's really going to tie it together and really make sure it kind of you know, coalesces into something strong. I just hope, I hope it's like we see in like all these shared universes now where there is kind of like one leader mm-hmm. who's like, here's the plan. Everyone kind of follow like the story arc. Um, but dude, just now I'm going to ask you this. What's your thoughts on um, Daniel Warren Johnson being the title the writer for, uh, for Transformers, the writer and the artist, you know, coming off of one of our favorite books the do a power bomb. Like that really pumped me up. I was like, hell yeah, man.
0: Yeah, I'm excited for the writing, um, the art. I could see it being wild. Um, mm-hmm. I could definitely see it being wild and crazy and colorful. So I'm, I'm definitely excited for that. And um, you know, they haven't they didn't announce who's doing Duke and Cobra, right?
1: Uh, I, I think they I announced Duke. Duke, yeah. I yeah. think it's is it Daniel Warren Johnson also.
0: Uh, I'm not well, sure. At this
1: article, real quick. yeah, I
0: think I, I mean I know the main thing.
1: Obviously, if you also look at um, Void Rivals, they actually
0: have they actually show you at the end of the issue, like saying that this new Energon universe and the characters mm-hmm. and the titles. So, but uh, you know, be on the lookout for those. Obviously, Void Rivals is going to be here for a while, and then you never know at the end of the year what things may happen.
1: Oh, All Duke right, is probably. Joshua Williamson. And Cobra Commander as well. So you got the same writer doing the, mm. the Joe stuff. That's really cool, I think. And you're gonna I like the dichotomy of being like here's your, here's your Joe title and here's your Cobra title. So yeah. that, that that'll be cool.
0: Nice. So uh I know Zach, did you read Void Rivals? Obviously. I did. Yeah. yeah what did you
1: think about it because obviously we're gonna get right what are, we're gonna get into what are we currently reading but yeah you know i i thought it was good i thought in, you know th- there was a lot of hype to, you know kind of i knew about it like you said everything kind of came up this weekend and it was like okay blah blah blah. but i thought they did it just perfectly where it was a strong story by itself and then it was kind of like you know a cameo of jet fire and he runs off and he says cybertron and boom he's gone and obviously there was no like joe references but um And then to kind of talk about what you said about the secret being kept, and I don't want to spoil too much, but we're kind of at the point where I think everyone knows, but it was timed so well with the spoiler for Rise of the Beasts as well. Like that was kept under wrap. Yep. So like everything was kept under wrap really tight in this until this weekend. It was almost like Rise of the Beasts kind of ruined it, right? It's like, okay, cat's out of the bag. That was really cool. Guess what we're doing in comics, which I think – marketing wise is, was amazing strategy by them. If they pulled, it, that's how they pulled it off. That was awesome. Mm-hmm. So
0: good. So, uh, yeah, uh, of course, uh, that's our articles for the, uh, the podcast. Let's kind of get into what are we currently reading? So of course for our new listeners, uh, we always like to end our shows with what are we currently reading, whether it's titles that we are currently reading, something that's picked up this week, something that you've been reading for a while, um, some people that have been on this podcast multiple times don't understand that um hopefully Rocksteady can get that on the first go around um since you have already started talking about your book zach why don't you just kind of continue and we'll go around the horn
1: yeah um obviously void rivals was a standout um hot garbage of the week i kind of have one in Ooh, hot garbage the son uh mini-series kind of like just fell flat in my opinion. It was a cool character. I thought it was gonna be good stuff, five issues. I did like the devil l- devil lump l- or whatever character kind of being brought in and getting a little bit more game time. But honestly, the storytelling in the arc and some wokeness in the issue just kind of it kind of ruined it for me in a way. Um I mean, it was still worth a read, and I like some of Star Wars' characters, and I think there's you know it can go somewhere, but that was kind of a hot garbage for me. But then I think my pick of the week um, kind of surprised me is uh, Green Lantern number two. So I'm enjoying this. uh, Obviously, we're only two issues into the new Green Lantern. We don't have a lot of history on what's going on, but Hal's kind of been kicked out of the Lantern Corps. He's back on Earth. Earth's kind of like quarantined and no one's supposed to be going there in terms of the Lantern Corps. And in issue one, we see Hal kind of like create his own ring, so to speak. And Mm -hmm. then in this issue, we get a little bit further. And see more of his character, and Hal being Hal, um, and I'm mean, I'm really enjoying it. I liked the uh, so the um, Kilowog showing up was really cool, and then the side story about uh, John Stewart is really interesting as well. Right now, I'm kind of it's a little confusing because it seems it's very like an alternate universe, and we're seeing where it's going. But it's it's definitely good. But I'm enjoying the Green Lantern run, and I I love I love the Lantern Corps. So I was excited to see a good Green Lantern title come back.
0: Yeah, um, I agree. Let me check off because I had Green Lantern on my list, so I don't have <laughs> to talk about that. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to Rocksteady. Rocksteady, what are you currently reading?
2: So last week I picked up the the Junk Rabbit Scotty Young cover, and, and I flipped through it, and then so I ended up actually going and getting the previous issues. Yeah, and, and flip and going through that pretty quick, and I actually quite enjoy it. Um, it's it kind of deals with a lot of the political issues going on in North America right now, but without the wokeness, if that right. makes sense. It's semi dystopian mm-hmm. kind of fallout, but still with the same issues. So, so that's pretty good. Um, this week I am going to read void rivals. I kind of look forward to black Panther as well. Um, so I'll, I'll, flip through that. Um, not that the, the characters are really sticking right now, other than Tosin, but, uh, uh, you know a, a new series some, somewhere to jump on and then uh, I, I'm always reading uh, Miles Morales and and uh, I've started reading Spider-Man again so <laughs> let's give that another go don't disappoint me maybe the, the hype <laughs> has gotten to me
0: uh, did, did you read this week's ep- issue no not this week no. no okay uh, okay all right Um, I'm reading junk. This is interesting. So here's actually this is a perfect question. How do you feel being a Miles fan? Like, do you obviously because Miles and we talk about this every week, Miles can't hold his own title, and for someone who loves Miles, like, what's your feelings behind him?
2: Okay, so I feel like so if you were to ask me as a kid, like Peter Parker was Spider-Man, right? Mm -hmm. Like he is Spider-Man, but I already knew him as Spider-Man. I think it's a different feel where. You get to watch Miles Morales become Spider-Man kind of like in my lifetime. Like, like when I started reading comics, he had already gone through a bunch of crap, the venom was already there, um, all that stuff. So this, you kind of, I'm following from the beginning and it it almost feels like that, like the writing isn't very strong. I'll be honest with you. Some of the characters are are laughable, but it it almost feels like you're growing up with the series as well. Um, yeah. So I, I, and again, like I'm a cover guy, right? So I, I'm basically reading them cause I have them. Uh, I wouldn't run out and just grab the story, but you know, miles in that universe, it's just, I guess I have feels for it.
1: That's right. fair. No, yeah, that's, that, no, that's definitely a very fair explanation of it. Like, yeah, I, I never really thought about that as like a miles situation. You know, like you said, like a lot of us came into, Spider Man Parker was already Spider Man, you didn't see the journey necessarily because we weren't old enough to read it like the initial stuff, and then so it is interesting. I I could see where that would be enjoyable, like watching this character become Spider Man for sure. So, yeah, I'm reading uh Junk Rabbit as well. I I have the third issue, I haven't read it yet, but uh, it it is pretty enjoyable, man. And I think you're you're spot on about it being like a lot of the issues we're having now, but it, it does like it's really good about like. You can't tell what side politically they are on the spectrum, right? Like on the issues, yeah. they don't say like, "Hey, we're this side and we're this side." It's very much kind of like you're all wrong, and I really appreciate that in my comics. You know, I'm not not pushing like agendas, but uh, it's been enjoyable. So I'm glad someone else is reading it. I didn't know anyone else was reading that book, so it's nice.
2: <laughs> well, that's
1: interesting.
0: I think I saw the cover and I thought it was a Ninja Funk book, so that's why I picked it up. <laughs> it's,
1: she does look like that, dude. Yeah. <laughs>
0: i think that was the reason. like
1: a plague right because of that <laughs> uh
0: for me this week um vader 35 was strong i thought the they're you know they're finally getting away from the uh the sabe story arc uh vader's kind of his force powers are just way out of whack um bringing back dr afro so that's always cool uh so now you have the you know you have this like try uh, not like force, but like this you know this uh issue between you have ochi of course because he's been in this main series of all of volume three you had dr afra who was kind of like the main character with vader and all of like volume one there was some issues with vader and afra and now you have them all back together in like one issue and i think the story arc is going to be interesting as well so you know vader's kind of just can't control his emotions can't control the force with that being said and now he's kind of like on the run and all these people are against him because he, they think he's like crazy so um honorable mention there and then i guess really like pick of the week is and i talked about this on the first issue and i think it's a great it's a great series so far something epic from image Mm -hmm. um you get the main character danny who it's very much like who framed roger rabbit or cool world from like those type of movies where like it's a human and there's all these creatures and characters that are part of the living universe and he's the only one who sees them and he can interact with them if he wanted to but he doesn't because then he doesn't want to he doesn't want them to know that they're there, but it's just very interesting how the story goes because he's such a. It seems like he's such a depressed kid, and what's happening with his mother, and then just living. But you have all these wild and crazy characters. Like there was one in this issue that looked like Vegeta, and he even says it's like some like Japanese superhero just came out of the sky, and he's fighting this superhero from America, and just their conversations that they have in the issue is very wild. and And then again, like there's all these different. There's like singing birds that look like something out of Disney. Yeah. Uh, there's some like pixelated characters from like a video game. So it's very interesting the way that the series is going. But I think what's interesting the most is just the story behind the story. Not so much all these characters that show up in these issues. It's just really Danny's story throughout and just how he's dealing with everything and how he does it through like art, basically. So. Um, If you're not picking up something epic from Image, I highly recommend that issue, uh, the first it's, two issues.
1: It's got like a Ready Player One kind of vibe with all of like the ancillary characters, like the Easter egg type characters in the background. It is fun. And I like, it doesn't ruin it by being like, hey, here's the Ninja Turtles or something specific. <laughs> it it kind of like lends you like, hey man, that's obviously who we're talking about, but that's not who it is. And it just kind of, yeah. it's fun that way. And, and you know, like you yeah. said, the birds are obviously the birds from like Disney, right? Like that's the- yeah. And, that's their- and how they can't,
0: in, they can't influence people in, in the real world. Right. Mm-hmm. Like in this issue, there was that, like, uh, there was a mummy that like scared a guy. And then all of a sudden there was like a, like a Texas Ranger that like gave him a ticket. He's like, Oh, you know, you can't talk to them or, you know, yeah. it's very, it was very weird. So pick of the week, something epic, uh, check it out. Um, so that's it for everyone. Uh, season three, episode 24. Uh, we, we appreciate Mr. Greg Rocksteady coming on the podcast. Yeah, um i'm sorry that it took you so long to come on here
1: Uh, the best for last bro the best for last yeah you know as as we've said to
0: both as we've said to to black crown and we'll say to you now the more that you come on here the less newbie comes on here so (laughs) yeah he kind of tainted
2: it and then it took forever for me to get on you know
0: yeah so um tell people where they can find you before you get out of here and any last words
2: um rock Steady collectibles on instagram um i do most of my stuff on there I- i'm feeling some pressure to get back on the youtube train so i should probably get going on that but uh yeah i'm around um yeah i really appreciate you guys having me uh no last words really uh, other than thank yous
0: absolutely cool daki
1: yeah um you know we didn't really talk about it on the show but obviously if anyone's been seeing the news, John Romita Senior passed recently. So obviously, that's a big hit to the comic book community. Um, great iconic artist, creator out there, and a big loss. We've been taking a lot of L's lately. It seems like with these like uh, classic legends dying, like true legends. You know, which we don't we're, we don't throw away the throw around the world legend very generously here on this show. So, but um, obviously, John Romita Senior passing away. Um, condolences to his family and, and to all of us as fans
0: so yeah yeah it's definitely something it that uh, a lot of people are talking about posting pictures and stuff like that so um from myself uh all dr Afra covers the collab between ourselves the comic-con podcast at mad love have been shipped out from um our whatnots my whatnot sale and also back stuff we do have copies available. Please hit me up if you're still interested. I think there's very few left. Um, I do have like one metal. I think I have like two foils and some of the other ones as of the time of recording this, I will say. So if you're interested, please hit me up. Um, you know what they look like. They're amazing. And for the people that got them, yeah. I we really we appreciate the support because it really sold super well on day one. Um, and people have been getting them and absolutely they've been posting them on Instagram and sending me direct messages of how awesome they look in person. And they truly do. Like pictures do not do enough words for this cover. You know, when you see it in person, it's absolutely gorgeous. It's so awesome to see Dr. Afra um, done by uh, Japs Archer. And I appreciate Mad Love for helping us do it. So um, that's it for this issue. And, uh, you know, we'll catch you all next week. Thanks for everybody for stopping in. Peace out.